comic that it's all so tragic It's that humdrum novel, old black magic Let's have a laugh after we cry Let's hope we live before we die The silly clown's red nose is running And it's tragic that it's all so funny It's crucial and it doesn't matter Vows of love are idle chatter To feel this good has to be bad I'm so damn happy that it's sad Dear listener, would you like to slap me? And the sad thing is I'm so damn happy Yes, the sad thing is I'm so Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on our 5-0 defeat at home to Dundee United, Heather Holloway. Heather, I'll introduce you first this week because Reece Hardane is serving a a one-pod suspension for his comments on the last pod. How are you, Heather? I'm very well, Matt. It's lovely to be back in my my roots, in my home. You know, I've been uh, exploring the world, so speaking on other things. I was on off the ball and I was on sports sound and it just feels great to be back with my boys. We'll have to tie you down to a long-term contract I think for other suitors are eyeing you up. Jamie McDonald is here. Jamie Reese is serving a one-game ban as I mentioned for his comments in the last pod. The disciplinary panel still reviewing your comments. Is there anything you'd like to say in your defence? I've appealed it so it's, it's waiting the outcome of an appeal. I won't be commenting on it until the appeal's gone through. But yeah it's good to be back. Interesting game to talk about. Fucking hell. Interesting, some word. And running off our panel is David Forrest. David, how are you? I mean, I've, I've, I've not missed this in the last few weeks. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's, <laughs> especially coming back to this, I'm doing well. Um, game was not great, but we move. Um, you know, it's exciting times ahead for the women's team. It's all go at Far Hill. Like we've, we've upgraded interesting to not great. I'm sure other adjectives will be available later on. We will have a very quick word on the Inverness game because we've not recorded since then. This seems like a very, very long time ago. Jamie, I believe you were, you braved the trip up the A9. You were one of the 249 Thistle fans there that day. What are your memories of that one? Um, the game itself wasn't great. It was a pretty low excitement game. There wasn't a huge amount of chances. The only real chance I remember us having was when Graham had that shot from the edge of the box and was parried wide. Then the obvious one come a couple of minutes from the end when Adeloy's had that chance and he's, I don't know, mishit it, placed it over the bar, which obviously was a pretty big chance. He could have maybe even left it for Milne. I don't know if Milne gave him the shot or not, but he was right behind. He could have maybe in a bit of a better position to score that. It was a pretty bad game of football. I think Inverness had like one shot on target. We had two or three all day. Clean sheet's a clean sheet. I suppose they were on their new manager bounds. They had just won a game, so it was better than going up there and losing a game. But yeah, it, it wasn't a great game of football. We'll move on then, because I don't think anybody's here to hear our analysis of a nearly three-week-old football game that had no goals in it. The Dundee United game on Saturday then, Heather, it was an unchanged start in 11. I think that was the same start in 11 for, for three games in a row. Still no Jack McMillan, but were you happy with the team when you saw it on Saturday? Any surprises for you from Crystal? No, not at all. I think obviously we'd had three clean sheets before the game and while of course playing Dundee United who have been very consistent since the cup game against us, they've drawn but they've not lost. 
Um, I was a little bit nervous about about the team. I did think I I was a little bit worried about with the lack of Jack McMillan. I thought Kieran Nguyen might be targeted, and I think he was at certain points during the game. Obviously, the the last before the international break and the the, the semi blip against Inverness that maybe wasn't a blip after a new manager bounce. I was quite happy of an unchanged team, and um. And thought that this would be the the best shot that we had with the fittest players available to to you know to try and make Dundee United work for for the result. And it's just I was I, I would say I was nervous about the game, but not unconfident. And with the result that we'd had against them in the cup earlier in the year, I maybe was thinking you know there could be a, a a slight a slight chance there and yeah i think obviously scott robinson's come into the team as of late and made a bit of a difference and created a bit more of a link between the midfield and brian graham which i think has been needed so i yeah 3 p.m optimism was there yeah i, I wouldn't go far as to say I, I was totally optimistic i'm like you i don't think there were any surprises in the team this has maybe been wise after the fact i think the one thing that was I imagine was the big choice was to chuck Stanway back in. I think Stanway's made for games like that where we're going to need a, a little bit of grit in midfield and I think that's really where the game ended up being, being won and lost. Dundee United were first to, to every second ball and we, and we really needed a guy like Stanway in there. I think we'll come on to talk about why we were so poor a bit later on. At quarter to two or whenever the team was announced, obviously the decision is, could you drop Scott Robinson? Could you drop Kerr McEnroe? Because especially in the home games, they have been effective for us, so, so dropping one of them to facilitate Stanway was, was probably a tough call. Would have looked maybe perception of that change would have been it was a negative one, and that, is that what you want to do at home to to the a promotion rival? Maybe not, but on the other hand, we, we paid the price for not having a guy like Stanway in there. I think David, why do you think we were so bad on on Saturday? Why did it all fall apart in your opinion? It's an interesting one because I don't think we were even especially that poor in the first half. I didn't actually think Dundee United were that great. I think there there was an argument to be made that it was a far, far more even game, even though we were down at halftime. We weren't out of it. And then, I don't know, just the second half, I think when the third one went in, you just kind of knew that was it done. And I think the heads just dropped at that point. Some very lax defending. At times, there was one that was basically a tap-in, one that was a penalty that you could see happening about 10 seconds before it happened. There was, who's the number 14 for Dundee United that was left unmarked? What's his name? Sybil. Yeah, Sybil just left. He's got the keys to the kingdom in the middle of the, just outside the penalty box, ready to shoot. And you could, when you look at the pictures of the defending, and you can see the position that Sybil was on, you could just tell he's going to have a hit with the sort of free space that he had. It was it was very lax, lax defending. I think that cost us. Um, and I, I don't know. Like I, much like the rest of the panel, I I was happy with the team. It, it's really weird, but I think it was just when it went to three 0 we knew it was done, and then it was just kind of the house of cards all fell in. But I don't think we were especially bad in the first half, and I think it's just a morale thing that's caught us. I I don't think they deserved five, but I don't think we deserved anything from the game I think maybe three is a, a more three nil probably a fairer result um, in hindsight but you know we, we got beat five nil there is no escaping from it and we just kind of need to <laughs> move on and you know dust ourselves down and get ready for the next game with our start, Sterling back line that's going to absolutely show us up at Hampden 
Jamie, what was your take on the performance? I mean, the first half, I thought we started really badly. Kind of came into it a bit more in the last like 20 minutes of the half. We didn't really create anything clear cut, but we at least had a bit more attacking threat about us. Fitzy going off, never a good thing. Hopefully that's nothing too serious, but precautionary coming off. Gave Wes McDonald a chance, but I don't think he was up to a huge amount, but neither was most of the team, to be honest. I agree with what you said earlier, Matt. In midfield, I thought we were pretty poor. We got overrun quite a lot. And Dundee and I were winning all the second balls. It was kind of a kind of classic Ross Doherty performance, especially in the second half. I thought just picking up those balls, winning fills, that sort of thing. And then, I, I don't know, man, I don't really remember us having any big chances. I generally don't remember us testing their keeper much at all. I don't even know if we had a shot on target. I generally can't remember one. So yeah, it was just a, a bad performance. And for Kevin Holt scoring a hat trick to sum the day up, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. That, that just... It's just rubbing salt in the wounds. Heather, you've got your hand up. Yeah, I just would say, like, I mean, I totally agree with what David and Jamie have said about the fact that it really wasn't a great performance. I think it was a really bad day at the office, to take the cliche. But I would say I'm at 1-0 down right at the end of the first half. Harry Millen has a chance. There was a few chances at 1-0 that I did think potentially made me think that we could still get back into this game. And I would agree with David. I don't think we were at, like, we have played worse when it was like 1 0, 2 0. We have played worse than that. But obviously, once the floodgates opened, we just completely, uh, it seemed like we kind of crashed and it became a training game. But I would say that at 1 0, I wasn't thinking that we were dead and buried. I thought that we, we had the chance to potentially get a goal back and Listening to Stuart Kettlewell, who was at the game on Saturday as well on Sportsign, he was saying that he thought the same and that he thought that um, that there was a few more opportunities in there that we just couldn't take advantage of. The thing for me was that any time they went forward, I thought they were going to score. Whereas when we were going forward, there was no belief there. It was a... Uh, could we get in the right position? Could something hit off someone? I also think, you know, Kevin Holt and Edit and Gallagher are so tall. They just bossed any sort of high ball or anything. And um, and it was it was a tough, you know, it was a tough watch watching Ross Doherty and Kevin Holt on Saturday. Um, and I don't didn't really appreciate the way that they celebrated either. But um, I guess that's what happens when the when the home fans wind you up like that. You just you have to, you have to take it, don't you? And it just becomes, as we say, I mean, it's just as David would say, it's just funny, isn't it? But um, I do think it was a, it was a sore one. But we're going through this mad spell of either scoring lots or conceding lots, and I guess that's just the life of a Thistle fan. And I know we shouldn't accept it sometimes, but I wasn't as downbeat as I was when like we lost a few games like 1-0 against Cove last year. I think that's an interesting point, Heather. I think I'm probably not as concerned as you as well, just because we do seem to be able to pull decent performances out of the bag and we are streaking. It's weird because at the tail end of last season under Dooling, we were so consistent and that's what got us into the playoffs and as far as we did in the playoffs. And this season, it's been completely different. One week, we're, we're brilliant and we look like we could win the league. And then the next week, we look like the worst team in it. Jamie, I'll come back to you. Yeah, what Heather was saying about the celebrations from Doherty and Holt, <laughs> obviously the game was bad enough, but that was just even worse, I thought. I know they were getting some stick. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it was that bad. It was worse up in the cup game, but 
the two of the players that missed a penalty in the playoff final, like absolutely loving it winning against. It's just things that you hate to see. But yeah, it's don't know, it's just just rattled me. I'm just rattled. <laughs> I think once you start booing them and giving them a bit of stick, they've basically got free license to celebrate how they want. Uh, David. And also, sorry, I was going to say really quickly, like, what you saying, Matt, as well, about us, we look good one week and terrible another. I completely agree with that. I think if we only had one lot of back-to-back wins, which was the Morton and Air, were they back-to-back? Ooh, was there not a League Cup game in between them? I might be wrong. There might have been that. Oh, maybe it was Challenge, Challenge Cup, even. Cup. Sorry, yep. Yeah. So I suppose we're in the league, I suppose, then. But yeah, apart from that, we we kind of a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team. We've, we looked great in the first half against Rafe, looked terrible against Airdrie the following week, and since then, I'd say it's just been kind of a common theme. Yep. David? Kings of entertainment. You're never bored watching it. Oh, apart from against Inverness, a game that I literally cannot remember a single second of. I, I watched the whole thing, 90 minutes. I could not tell you a single thing that happened. But apart from that, in terms of like games this year, you're, you're getting your sort of entertainment value um, with it. And it, it's one of those where it is it, written in the stars that, of course, Kevin Hope's going to score a hat-trick. And it's kind of you sit there going, man, I wish we had a centre-back that could really like show us up and defend really well. And you go, oh, we did have him. His name was Kevin Holt, and he's just scored a hat-trick against us. It was really galling. And Ross Doherty, I mean, Ross Doherty was absolutely rattled. Speaking of Jamie being rattled, but Ross Doherty was absolutely rattled Saturday as well, which is odd because I actually don't think he got that much stick. Maybe he will after <laughs> this game. Um, maybe Kevin Holt will as well. I actually thought that the Fissel fans were not Actually, they're actually a bit a bit kind to them. I think it could have been far, far worse. I've seen people come to Farhill and get far worse receptions after they've left us. Like Higgy, Kilmarnock and stuff like that for the, when Balotone when they left. But draw was a draw bingo. It's heavy funny. However, it's weird because the performance wasn't actually that bad. But I think the result was probably the worst one I've seen in a long time. I think the Hamilton one uh, last season. Remember, we got absolutely done off Hamilton. Uh, no, that was, uh, it was under McCall, wasn't it? Um, that was that was terrible. I think that's probably this is probably the worst result that we've had since then. It's certainly one of the lowest results that like I felt. You know, it just really felt pretty shitty. But the performance wasn't that bad. It's just yeah, it's just when they're raining in, it's it's not great. Well, a last word on the reception. Holton Docky got like it's hard to sort of slag them when you're getting pumped, I suppose. <laughs> if, if we were winning, they'd have probably got it worse. I'm actually a bit surprised everyone's been so so kind on the performance and saying it wasn't a 5-0. I, I said I'm, I'm not concerned because I'd, I think we could we could go and scud Queen's Park next week and that wouldn't surprise me at all. And that's why I'm not concerned. But I thought we were absolutely dreadful. And I, I don't think we can complain about the 5-0 score, to be honest. The two, like, I don't want... I'm, Again, not wanting to single anyone out, and I'm not calling for anyone like, oh, he should never play again, or they should be sacked. It's, it's not that. Everyone got schooled at the weekend. The the two centre-halves for the first half hour is, is one of the worst performances or worst spells in a game I've seen two centre-halves have. Every time Muirhead and Nielsen got the ball, they gave it away. They were so passive. Like, Muirhead got booked, deservedly so. David, you mentioned about, oh, you could see things coming a mile off. After Muirhead got booked, see him getting sent off. As soon as you get booked, you could have put your mortgage room getting sent off. The corner that Sybil got the goal from, you could see that coming a mile off. It was the same with the Holt goal. The two centre-halves in the first half hour of the game were dreadful. Jim Goodwin, I've given him a bit of a slagging in this podcast before, but to be fair, he got his tactics spot on. When we had the ball and we were taking goal kicks, Bannigan was the, the midfielder coming deep to get it, and every time 
Craig Sibble pressed him so high and we couldn't play out. So the ball was going to the centre-backs, who obviously aren't the best at distributing the ball. And Dundee United could win it back easy. Or we, we had to go long and Gallagher and Holt won it next to everything in there. And then you get to the midfield. I think Bannigan looked, he didn't have his best game, but I would say that was because he was so exposed. He got no help, basically, from McEnroy or Robinson defensively. Fitzpatrick, we're obviously fingers crossed that's not a bad injury, but McDonald, when he came on, he looks so low in confidence, a bit concerned about him. And then I can't be too critical about Graham or, or Lawless. I thought Lawless actually looked okay in the first half. He's probably the only one that gets pass marks. And Sneddon as well. He didn't have yeah, it's a good save at nil nil, but he didn't have his best game. I thought he should have saved the Holt um, Holt's long range effort and a bit of a flap for the the fourth goal from the corner. If you're giving goals away from set pieces that easily, you're getting stupid red cards, you're giving stupid penalties away. You you deserve to get beat five now. If if your centre back, your most your most experienced member in the back line is getting sent off in such a stupid way, like can you say, Oh, it was unlucky that we got pumped? No. In my opinion, <laughs> I know we're a positive podcast and everyone's tried to be, oh, we weren't as bad as 5-0. I don't think Dundee United were outstanding. I think they'll probably play better and not get results like that this season. But I don't think we can have like any excuses or complaints about the scoreline. I thought we were rubbish. David, you had your hand up first there. I just wanted to say, when we record this pod from time to time, when we're talking, I listen to bits and I go, that'll sound great, the, the season review at the end, when I put all the best clips from each game together and all that. And your, <laughs> your, your tirade about us against Dundee United 5 now is going to be the, the main event. I think that was uh, absolutely fantastic. But we, we did deserve all, all the stupid goals that we conceded were entirely of our own volition and our own fault. And we had nobody to blame but ourselves. Heather, you had your hand up there. I know you've been critical of, of Aaron Muirhead's discipline in the past. I wonder if you wanted to come in on, on that. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. I have raised it before that he is supposed to be a leader on the team and on and off the field. And I just think it was extremely disappointing from, again, that he has let his emotions dictate in that way. And I mean, some people may call it passion or whatever, but I just think it's it's plain stupidity, uh, stupidity. And personally, I don't think he deserves to be vice captain right now. There's more professional people who are like genuine, like almost half his age. You know, people like Ben Stanway and all that, like care about the club a lot, but also would never put themselves in that position. And I just think that he's supposed to be an inspiration to both the players on the pitch, but also to the fans. And I just think that he got himself, he got played really. Uh, but I just think also just in general, we like yes, I've said that we didn't, um, that maybe 5-0 was in some ways harsh, like and that we actually didn't work, we weren't as bad as I thought. But a thousand percent, Matt, I agree that we were far too easily cut open and that game doesn't just change because Fitzy gets injured, you know, like he wasn't looking the sharpest even when he was on. So there's no way that we can use that. We were absolutely terrible. But I think the thing that you really hope for, for Chris Doolin, for all the players, is that this will be something that will inspire us and make us bounce back. Because I'm really sorry, but 5-0 against Sunday United, even if they are the uh, the league leaders, is not acceptable. And you just hope that that will give that some, you know, I mean, but then 3-0 loss against our both was not acceptable and we did bounce 
back from that and all the players held their hands up and and came back and you just really really hope that that'll be the case I mean Matt we laugh a lot about um, the Jamie Sneddon, uh, David Mitchell uh, battle that goes on between you and Jamie. And from watching back, I would say that if there was at any point that David Mitchell had a wee chance to be tapping on Chris Dillon's door and asking, I could potentially, I could potentially see that for for Friday. But that's just maybe uh, winding you up a little bit. Yeah, it'd have been six if he was in goals. Um, Jamie, do you want a final word on the game? No, I agree. I thought we were pretty rubbish overall, to be honest. I just, I don't know if it's not even just the defending, just the lack of threat going forward as well. I just really, I'd forgotten about that chance that Heather mentioned, the, the one that Milne had. But apart from that, again, I'm struggling to think of anything else, especially second half. We were almost like anonymous in the second half. 11 statues until, well, 10 after Muirhead got sent off. But it's just cheap, cheap goals to give away. Funny thing is, I actually thought for like the first like maybe like 15 minutes or whatever, I thought Nielsen actually looked all right on the ball. But I mean, I thought Muirhead had that as well. It's one of his worst games since coming back. I thought as well. Not to go into goal debate again, but yes, Sneddon did not have a good game either. I do agree with what you said, Matt. He did have a good. That was a good save. But obviously, we think we can see straight after it. That's not his fault. It was terrible defending from the corner, but it just kind of invalidates the save almost because you can see like a minute later, less than a minute later. But yeah, he won the whole long range effort, the flapping at the the corner, and these avoidable goals. The defense was terrible as well, and uh, it's just an infuriating day. And I know we'll get onto it, but I hope we change some personnel because we're going to be forced to change one of them and change, maybe even change the shape. I was saying to you guys in the chat, I said on Twitter, I'd actually like to see a shape change for Queens Park, but don't want to jump the gun if we're going to talk about that. We've all got onto that, Jamie. The, the midfield's been the main topic of conversation, I think, this season. I think. We need to have a look at that, but we'll go on to that a bit later on when we preview the, the two upcoming games. I want a little a little rain check on the, the first quarter of the season. We're actually only three points worse off than the, at this point last season. And after game 10 last season, we did go top of the league. So being just three points off that at the moment, I don't think is, is a terrible start. But Heather, how would you assess the, the first quarter? I think we all knew that after um, what happened to us at the start of June, it was going to be a, a different season. And that it was going to be a change. And you know what? I'm actually quite pleasantly surprised in, so, in some ways. You know, I, yes, hold hands up and say that it's not it's certainly not been perfect, but when is it ever perfect being a Thistle fan? Um, but I do think that there, while, yes, this, this 5-0 is raw and it's the last result that we remember, there also has been some great some, some great performances and some exciting new talent coming through. And I would still say I, I really hope that, that playoffs is still definitely in sight for us. And I do think that we've shown glimpses of the fact that we that we can, you know, we can be free flowing. We can use the, the width and we can create goals and be entertaining. I do think, unfortunately, our defence just is not as strong. Our midfield is not as strong as last year and that we are going to ship goals. And we just need to find a way to 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 plug that hole in many ways. But I. I would say that I have liked the way that we've played in a majority of games that we've been free flowing and exciting. And if you had told me, you know, at the start of the season where where we'd be, Bar that 5-0 result, I think I would be happy. And what? We're still third, aren't we? 
uh, while we've also while we've had dips, other teams have had dips. The championship is so topsy turvy. I just think we just need to try and find a way to settle a little bit. But overall, I am happy. But as Tom English said, Heather is an optimist, and maybe in my 26 years of of being a Thistle fan, I've I've gone soft. I don't think we're going to win the league. I will say that. I just don't think we've got it. But um, and I know maybe that's illegal to David after six six sixty six percent. But I do think that there's chances there, and I have I've enjoyed being back this season. I have. David, we're seven points behind the league leaders. Would have just scudded us five 0 on our own ground. What? <laughs> <laughs> How sure are you that we're going to win the league? I mean, I'm not going to lie. This result on Saturday, it really, it really dampens expectation. You, you sit there, you know, going in. We've had some great performances recently, playing free flow and attacking football. You know, dual ball in full effect, and then it's like nil nil against Inverness. And you're like, all right, it just cannot work. And then a five nil down United. So it, it makes you, it, you start becoming introspective. You start thinking about Thistle and the season and everything and reevaluating it so I've, I've I've thought a lot about this to be honest I'm not going to lie and I think I'm going to have to say that I am 66% confident we're going to win the Scottish Championship Fantastic <laughs> Jamie how are you feeling after a quarter of the season? Yeah I agree with what Heather was saying I think we've looked good at times but looked terrible other times and after the playoffs I was concerned I wasn't I know some people were saying, oh, it could be a fight in relegation season. I never really thought that. But I've never truly believed we were going to be going to win the title this season. It's just the players we lost. But the thing is, I think we've looked good going forward this season in general. Not every single game, but in most games, we've looked pretty good going forward. But the midfield and the defence has been the weakest part, I'd say. The players who left in summer that were missing the most were the two playing against us on Saturday. Like, Tiffany obviously was great to watch at times. He was an exciting flair player, but... I mean, Lawless has been outstanding this season and you've got Fitzpatrick on, in there as well and we're missing Turner but they're not like for like but Scott Robinson and Kerr McEnroe two pretty good signings for when it comes to chipping in with goals and assists but defensively we haven't replaced Frost Ockety and we have not replaced Kevin Holt with similar quality if we're honest they're the ones that I think we're missing the most and you can just see goals we've conceded this season if Ockety and Holt have been playing I don't think we would have gone in some that's sticking behind are like the two goals we conceded away to Airdrie. Definitely some of the type of goal, type of goals we conceded on Saturday and a few, a few other ones here and there. Cheap cheap goals we conceded this season that I don't think would have happened. And I also think probably would have scored a couple more because Holt especially was quite a big goal for it from corners and stuff. But the other two were missing the most and I'm not overly shocked that we've conceded quite a few goals with them leaving and the players we brought in to replace them. I totally agree, Jamie. I think Holt and Doc are, are the big two misses. And th- this is definitely wise after the fact, but when you consider that, I, I think it's not a surprise that we've we've maybe had some quite extreme goal margin victories and defeats because our attack, I think, is still up there with the best in the league. But then you look at the back line and it's, it's probably just championship fodder, really, isn't it? So if the attack clicks, I think we will continue to blow some teams away. And if we have off days... I think we will continue to lose and probably lose heavily, hopefully less often and less emphatically as Saturday. But I, I think it, and unless something happens, like Nathan McGinley might come in and he might be brilliant, or we might sign uh, a Loney or a free agent in January and, and they might sort of turn our defence around. But I think until then, I think it's going to be a lot of big wins and big losses, a sort of roller coaster 
next couple of months in store. Just what you said, Heather, I think we would we would have all taken being third at this stage of the league because, as you say, it's a it's Julian's first season. It's a it's a rebuild of the squad. You said you're still enjoying going back. I think I'm still suffering a hangover. I'm finding it really hard. I don't know if David or Jamie agree. I'm finding it really hard to get up for games this season. I don't know why. Even when we, we go and have these great wins at Morton or Ayr, the next week I'm finding it so hard to get motivated. I think the end of last season, I'm not saying the D word, has taken so much out of me as a, a fan. David or Jamie, I don't know if you have similar feelings. Yeah, I just... Uh... This season, I thought it at the start. I remember when the League Cup campaign started. I, even though it was a new away day to Peterhead, I just couldn't really be bothered with it. And I just don't get the same buzz for games that I did originally. And yeah, I, I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel the same. It's not heading the same. Heather, do you come back in? Yeah, absolutely. Like I told, I do get that. And I think, I think I, I obviously pers- in in my personal stuff, like with her game too. And um, that's been a really big focus for me at the start of this season. I think that's given me maybe a purpose and something to to not to not talk about the D word. And also, like we had Banzo's event a little bit earlier this season. Like there have been, it's not like our support is great. The people around our fan base are 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 super. It's just unfortunate that sometimes the reason that we all see each other is because we're watching our football team. And <laughs> um, and you know, I think while there's some great things going on off off the park and those should be those are some of the most important things about Party Fistle Football Club yes of course the reason that we all um, have a togetherness here and things to talk about is the football on the field but I think the things that we will remember when we are old and grey is some of the stuff that we have achieved off the park and I think that while it's not been I totally agree it's not been the funnest um, most exciting and um trailblazing season i do think that we have that some of the things that um that we have achieved off the pitch have have made it good for for us david i i know i, I totally agree i i would uh, throw in i would chuck in the theory though that like last year was incredible in terms of the turnaround that we had in terms of our our fan base it was by some considerable distance the the best season going as a Thistle fan week in week out for me just away days home everything we were at absolutely brilliant with so many great memories even if there was games that were absolutely terrible like you know you know a game like the Cove game where Sneddon scored like uh, an incredible moment and an absolutely abominable game um and just you know all the fans being there all the sort of stuff off the park and stuff like that. And then that, like, 21, however many game run it was, with Dublin to the playoffs and then Dingwall and, you know, um, getting it up on Coyle, you know, all that, right? It was such a fantastic season. I, I don't think I'll, I'll see a season that will beat it in a long, long time, even if we won the league. I just feel that at that point, because we had a sort of common purpose with the Jags Foundation, and um, you know the board protests, and we had a team that was primed to win the league. We it had all the ingredients of an amazing season that didn't quite pan out, but it panned out in the most grandiose and, to be honest, funny way it, no, it, it possibly could. It wasn't funny. <laughs> but but, but David, um, let's remember, David, let's remember that there were some really poor results of Ian McCall. 
There was. And there I, was, absolutely. I, I, don't see, I agree that last season was special in many, many ways, but I think we also do need to, like, there. I think there has been an inkling of our fans to just fixate on 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 the Dylan era, which of course I'm one of those people too, but we have to remember that there like we did have our manager sacked at one point. It wasn't it wasn't all roses last season. In terms of like what you're saying, David, about that being your best season, it, it was probably the best two months of following Thistle at the end. The first six, seven months of that season weren't very good. We did have some good no. days, but like the first six or seven months weren't very good. I think the fact no, we had so much it. joy and so many good days and such a, a short space of time it's gonna it's it's natural that i think we're all feeling a bit flat than out it's just like a natural hangover well no this is this is the point that I, I was trying to make is that we weren't that good at, at the start of the season however there are there are many days that were really good in that like the dundee game you know first day at dens park our broth you know like even like the rangers game and stuff like that where like that was that was all on the call and even when the team i think the point i'm trying to make is that even when the team were absolutely chronic, we were really up for it and there was something really special where it didn't really matter how good we were. The, the fans were always really good at away days and stuff like that. And then when Dylan came along and had that run, because we had that layer of the fans are so united because of what had happened off the pitch, you know, the fan protests and stuff like that, that it made it even more special to the point now where you can't replicate that again. And like, this is, to be honest, this is the second best season of following Thistle week in, week out in terms of being a fan, being away days, being at Fahill and stuff like that. It is immeasurably much, much better in terms of fan atmosphere and being part of it. And, you know, like the pods, her game to Jags Foundation, all the cool things that happen around Jags are good. All these sort of things were all sort of born out of last year. Last season really brought them all on um, and made them into what they are now. And I think when you have a season like that whereby all these things is really click and it, it's really special for people the next season especially after the way that it ended is going to be really tough because well we, we had a big protest moment we had Dylan coming back we had beaten Dundee in the first day of the season we had all of that and it's like you can't have all that again and I think that's maybe the problem that we're having especially considering that we lost a lot of key players and probably were never going to really be title challengers with the squad that we had. To still be overachieving, it's always going to be a come down. But I think that we are keeping a good level for and building on what we had last year. I was just going to say as well, I think David briefly touched on at the end there. I think one of the reasons that I've struggled to get up for this season, and maybe I'm not sure if other people are the same, is that deep down, I, like last season, that squad, you knew from the start, had the potential to win the league. And even when you're in the playoffs, even though we finished fourth, it was like, this squad is good enough to do it. But this season, you just look at the team and I just don't get the same optimism about it. I don't look at it and go, yeah, that squad's good enough to win the league. I just I just don't feel, I just don't feel the same way about it. So I don't, when you have a result like Saturday, you, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, it's fine, we can still bounce back. Whereas last season, even when we were terrible at times, I was still sitting there thinking that you've, squad still could do something because the squad I, I thought last season we on paper had the best squad in the league so I'm saying that through red and yellow glasses or not but I thought we did and that squad I think should have won the league but I look at the squad this season I'm like this team on paper shouldn't win the league and I think that's part of the reason maybe a lot of fans deep down aren't as excited about this season 
No, I agree with you, Jamie. And just on your last point, David, I don't know if we are overachieving. I think we'll probably will come sort of third or fourth. I think we've probably got the third or fourth best squad in the league when you sort of level out the, the brilliant attack and the sort of average, maybe less than average defence. And it's maybe just that, that at the moment, we've just not got anything. There's not much riding on every game, if you know what I mean. Like, we could lose one week, oh, we'll still probably make the playoffs, we win one week, oh, we're probably not going to win a league, though. It's... It just feels a bit flat, I think, this season. But anyway, we'll look ahead to, to Friday night and Tuesday night's games. We are going to record next Wednesday to uh, review both of these games. We'll have a Halloween spectacular, the, the fourth edition of that, out on Tuesday for you. And then we'll record our match reviews after that. So we've got two games to, to preview here. First up, Queen's Park at Hamden. A trip to the National Stadium, something that we're surely all can get up for. Heather, do you expect many changes to, to Chris Jones 11 for that one on Friday night? Yeah, firstly, really excited about that. Haven't been at Hamden for quite a while and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think for me, I wonder if Stanway will come back in. Um, because I really did think, I mean, we've talked about it, like our midfield posted missing on, on Saturday. So I do think that that will be somewhere. Obviously, no idea about... I, I don't know, I haven't listened to all the interviews about Jack McMillan and about the progress, probably something that Jamie might know about. Um, I feel that's a kind of Jamie fact. But um, I, I just think it needs to be a, a massive statement of intent from the start of that game that we are that we are here to to prove a point and to and to do better. But you know, fight I love Friday night games. I love going to Hamden, so I, I am I am excited and I I think before, like after a crushing defeat like that, you would think you kind of would be down in the dumps and but I, I, I hope that we are we're up for the challenge. But yeah, for me I would like to see Stanway. I don't know if we ever would do it, but like I I, I felt sorry for Tommy Adelaide on Saturday. I felt that he obviously is coming on with um when we're when we're three 0 down already and the game's gone. But I actually thought Graham played quite well on Saturday and did hold the ball up and try and make a menace of himself within the two defenders. But I don't see that him being dropped. Obviously, Fitzy will be out. And um, there was a lot of Wes step overs on Saturday. So maybe he'll get his time to shine. But I do think it will be a very different game to, to the game that we saw. And I really hope it is. Oh, I really hope it is too. Jamie, any changes for you on, on Friday night? Yeah, I'm hoping to see a couple of changes as well. I'd like Adloy to come in. I'd like us to change the shape. I was briefly mentioning that earlier. So I sent it to you guys to put on Twitter as well. I wouldn't mind us trying something slightly different, keep a back four, but maybe play either, I don't know, you could cut a 4 3 one, two, something like that. With I know Lawless has said before that he doesn't particularly like playing at Cam, and I do think it does take away part of his, like, him as a number 10 kind of takes away part of his what he's good at which is on the wing kind of gliding past people putting in good balls into the box but I just would like to see a change because obviously it's not really worked the last two games going forward but regardless even if it's a 4-4-2 I just would like to see us go with two up top with Graham and Adeloy but the reason I was originally saying a 4-3-1-2 was because I think it'd give us a little bit extra protection you put Bannigan in front of sitting a wee bit deeper in front of the defence kind of like he was when Dylan first came in bring Stanway back in then have McEnroy playing in the midfield as well with Lawless in front of them and Graham and Adeloy up front. I'd like to see that. And obviously we don't know who's going to be playing at centre-back. It could be 
Nathan McGinley if he's back fit. I know he wasn't in the squad on Saturday and it could be with C.D. Williams and Jamie Mellon. Unfortunately, I, I wish I knew, but I don't know when he's back, to be honest. They just keep saying, oh, it should be next week or it'll be like another week. So who knows? Jamie, please read out what someone said on the tweet. Uh, someone did say that we should, I'm assuming they want to keep the same shape as Saturday, but put Blair Olsen in as a straight swap for Fitzpatrick. So we're going to be at Hamden on Friday seeing Blair Olsen bursting down the wings, cutting it up. I think I, I, I'm not against the change of shape, Jamie. I just think for going to, for, for Hamden, it's probably the biggest pitch in the league, I would guess, to go there and then not play any wingers and put all the, the attacking responsibility out wide on Harry Milne. And, and Gwenya, who's not playing on his natural side, is probably going to not be the best going forward. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Adloy come in. I, I wouldn't mind Tim playing up front with Graham, but I do think we would need we need width. And I know McDonald wasn't the most productive on Saturday. It does look like a confidence issue, though. So do, do you afford him a run of games to get that confidence at this stage of the season? Maybe you do. I think the, the one for me, I think Ben Stanway has to come in on Friday night. Queen's Park, we know, are going to play a lot of possession football. They're quite heavy in playing out from the back and then playing through midfield. And you think back to the home game when Stanway came in. Stanway was excellent there on our midfield. Looked so much better in that game. I think it was Bannigan, Stanway sitting with McEnroy and an advanced role. And I think if we played a similar midfield to that, I think that's going to be the key to, to any success we have. David, I want to ask you about the centre-back positions because obviously Aaron Muirhead is suspended. We assume Lewis Nielsen will start. Who would you like to see partner him out of? Waziri Williams has had a tough start to, to life at Forhill, or Nathan McGinley, who we've not seen yet. If he is fit, who would you like to see partner Nielsen at the back? Waziri Williams has kind of fallen out of favour already. And you kind of think maybe, you know, a couple of games on the bench, maybe he'll come back full, full of vim and vigour, ready, re, uh, rejuvenated and good to go at Hamden. It's also... It is Hampton. It's a national stadium. I know it's against QP, but like it's you know if you're a player from if you're a player from England or wherever, and you're coming up to play, you're playing at Hampton. It's a big stadium and it's a big pitch and stuff like that. It is a moment for you. Like you know, it's you know, it's, it's something interesting. Like it, you should be able to get up for that. McGinley, we've not really seen much of McGinley. I, I, I don't I don't know what it's going to be like. Maybe you do give McKinley um, the start, but at that point, it's also like, if you're with Siri Williams, you're low in confidence, and then suddenly you've got your head out and well, whatever, and you're not getting on. What, do, what does that say? I, I don't know. It's it, it's a it's a difficult one. I'd probably just I'd probably give it to McKinley to be fair because he's not really had a run yet. There's are there's pros and cons to both. The game itself, I'm a bit. Um, I, I, I'm a I'm a bit trepidatious about it to be honest, and you know having to choose between McGinley or Aziri Williams at centre back is really not alleviating those concerns to be honest. But uh, well, do you want a prediction? Right, hit me up with a prediction, David. I'll actually ask you for a, a double header predictions. We'll do predictions for the A United at home game, which is on on Halloween as well. So give yeah. me two score predictions, please. So uh, I seen bits of the QP Airdrie game on Friday, and it was one each. And basically, I can't remember who it was. I spoke to. It might have been Duncan. Might not have been Duncan. Might, it might have been somebody else. But they were talking about how basically QP and Airdrie are two very similar teams who are very forward facing on the press. You know they're you know they're able against teams 
who press forward, they are, get a bit more joy against teams who sit back. Um, they struggle, and to be honest, because they were both of the same ilk, um, they cancelled each other out, and it was one each. Now, funnily enough, we are very much of the same mentality of forward facing. You know, the defence is not our strong point, and we are very attacking. And it, it makes me think of, you know, are we getting another QP injury? Um, uh, and it, it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a battle, to be honest. QP are flailing. They really need something. It's the battle for Glasgow. It's Hamden. You know, it's the big one. Under the lights on the telly just before still game. It's not it's on the a, telly. It's not is it not on the telly? Yeah. not on the telly. No, not on the telly, David. Why is it not on the telly? Why is it on the Friday then? It's on the Friday. It's not because Scotland women team are playing on the Saturday or the Sunday at Hamden. Oh, Correct. Right. Sorry to stop right. you in our tracks there. But <laughs> right, okay. Just uh, in well, case maybe... people choose not to go and then tune in and it's like the nine or something. Like, I would hate <laughs> to be like responsible for that. <laughs> well, maybe they'll play with the freedom of knowing that your kind of mistakes are going to be broadcast to about 100,000 people in BBC Scotland. Um, a rare me not picking a thistle win here. Oh, um, no. I'm going I'm to go one each. Oh. And if they came, it's golf Christmas, it's Halloween, it's the most wonderful time of the year, it is my national day. We can't lose in the Halloween brackets again, because we definitely lost in the Halloween. In fact, we lost at Halloween against Cove, didn't we, when Doherty failed to clear? Fuck. Yep. Um, yep. We, we actually have a game on Halloween. Yeah, the, the Tuesday night game. game. No, we have one this season, Tuesday night. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That is what I'm talking about, Jamie. Keep oh, I thought you were talking about the Queen's Park game. <laughs> Jamie's away to bed, man. <laughs> oh, Sorry, man. Yeah. Uh, uni exams really hadn't have. Um, but, I think I mean, you all need a red card right now. <laughs> I, like, give us your prediction, David. You're tiring everybody. 3-0 um, Jags against Air, because it's really funny. Um, have you seen the Mick McCarthy clip where he's, I think he's the Blackpool manager and somebody says, yes. <laughs> it can't go on like this, Mick, can it? And he just goes... It can, David. I think we, we certainly can lose on Halloween. Uh, Heather, two score predictions from you, please. Okay, Queens Park is going to be a three-one Thistle win, and Air is going to be a two-nil win at home. We're going to change things up. Thank you, and thank you for keeping your score predictions concise. Jamie, predictions from you. I'm going to say at Hamden, we win 3-0. Why not? <laughs> that can come back to bite me. And the air game, I'll say 2-1 Fissile Tiger, Tiger game. Oof. Jamie, I've actually written down my predictions before I came to you, and I've got the exact same as you. 3-0 at, at Hamden. I think Queen's, I hope Queen's Park will still be low in confidence, and I think it's the sort of game, hopefully, that suits us if... If we press properly and we, we play the sort of attacking football we can. So I'm going to go 3-0 at Hamden. I'm going to go 2-1 at home to Air. I think Air will be a bit bruised after we give them a bit of a doing down at Somerset. But again, I hope our attacking play will be too much for them. So a couple of Thistle wins in a matter of days. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, we have a few shout outs before we, we move on. First of all, to Jags for Good, congratulations to them for raising £796 for the G20 Youth Project on Saturday's game with their collections. Well done to, to all the collectors. Thank you to everybody who donated to them. Um, a shout out again for Tom Hosey, another excellent programme this week. He's doing brilliantly. If you've not 
picked any up this season or you can't make it to games, I think they are available to be delivered to your house. So we're kind of doing that. It's well worth it. Um, excellent work from Tom Hosey again on the programme. Um, a Jags for Good quiz may or may not be, be in the works. I've started writing that. I think dates to be announced. Um, David? Myself, I mean, we can announce it now if you like. Uh, we have I'll, it. Give it, I'll give it another week. I'll tease people. I've started writing it though. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's coming up. David, me and you, we are, we've got some, some mysterious goings on in the works. Maybe to be announced, maybe not if it goes disastrously. So keep your eyes out for that. There's been some... some I generally updates. have never seen you this excited in my life. I'm so like, excited. Every like, time we I'm meet, so excited. It's, it's incredible. You can cut, you can cut it, but uh, see the the quiz. Do you know where you're going to do it this time? Yes. Yeah. Where's so the, Where's the second location? Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Uh, let we're him, doing it in Broadwoods. Yeah, let um, him find out with everyone else. <laughs> sure. That's shocking. Whether they're not telling me, <laughs> are you going to do like insider trading or something? I said the three like, cross, uh, Jamie. So the three cross again. And David, I believe you've spoken to Craig Walker this week for the pod about the the women's game that's going to take place at Farhill. Just like an albatross We ran from George's Cross We never failed to answer when we were called And even when we lost And had to count the cost We still sang loud Now I'm joined by Craig Walker, 41 Sports Media, Thistle Women's Masterminds, behind the scenes. Craig, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Um, I'm doing okay. I'm feeling a lot a lot better than I did on Saturday, but especially because of the news that, that's coming out. They're from the women's team. They're playing at Firhill, um, Hamilton Ackies, 5th of November, 2 o'clock, and it's free entry. It's very exciting. So people have been mentioning it for since the COVID season of when are they going to play it for Hill and stuff like that and it's kind of never materialised so how long has this been in the works for and how's it came about? Yeah as you said I think we've all been talking about it for a long time and as a kind of board of the women's team we've been talking about it for a, a very long time as well and it's just finally find, finding that fixture that works it's, it's obviously got a lot of things to take into account I think originally a year to ago the way the pitch was we didn't want to make it worse than Queen's Park were we're kind of sharing and then since then it's just been trying to find that date that fits both the women's fixtures and the men's fixtures so obviously with no uh, men's game next weekend and uh, the women due to be at home on Sunday it gave us the perfect opportunity to make it happen so it's been in the pipeline for a while in terms of after picking that date I think it was kind of ring fenced at the start of the season and it's just since then we've been working hard to make it happen so delighted to finally announce it and uh, start the ball rolling and getting as many fans there as possible. Absolutely, and the free entry as well is a fantastic thing. It's one of those sort of things where you just want as many people along. And like for the women, I mean, we've had many women's team players on over the years. The, the thing I've always noticed is just how much they enjoy the fan reaction and how much they enjoy having people you know, cheer them on and things like that, which, I mean, I remember going to a Fistle Women's game several years ago where it wasn't necessarily the case. It was a lot more subdued at that point, but in the last year or two, it's really, really came on. What do you, what do you think's caused it? Like, 
brought more fans in. What what do you think's made it? Because uh, we've had a record against Celtic, I believe, last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, record uh, home attendance against Celtic last week, three hundred and sixty-six. So that's what we've got to beat for the the Firhill game. That's the benchmark we've got to beat that Firhill. So that's the aim to try and get more than that along. But yeah, I, th- I think it's been a long kind of process of getting the fans along. We obviously we work hard to get fans there to get them enjoying their day as well. I think when we have games at Peters Hill, it's, it's a bit of a difference from a men's game at Firhill, for example. There's a wee bit more freedom for kids to come along and enjoy themselves. And we've now got a drummer and a megaphone and the kids absolutely love creating a bit of noise and atmosphere. And the, the girls really buy into that as well. They and I know they really enjoy the noise and the colour and the, the fan interaction as well. Kind of a lot of the same faces come along, but we've got a lot of new faces coming coming each week as well. But it's just that kind of link between the, the clubs, and I think the, the girls really enjoy that as well, and they, they buy into everything that kind of Partick Thistle is, and I think that shows both on and off the pitch. Definitely. I mean, one of my favourite ones was the Scottish Cup semi-final a couple of years ago at the Falkirk Stadium. I really enjoyed that day. And Fizzle, I think, arguably, I, th- I think I think they did take numbers on it, but I think Fizzle did have the highest crowd out of the four, and it was like Celtic, Glasgow City, and uh, maybe Rangers or Hibs or something. Like that. But like, it was Hearts team- was another team there. Hearts, so it was. But they're yeah. like teams were like sizable support in the women's game at the time. We absolutely took to it and brought a great crowd along. And just speaking to players afterwards and stuff like that, it shows you how much it meant to them to have people cheering them on and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be a great game. And like at the moment, with, with how fists are going, I mean, I think we're down in sixth at the moment. We're on 15 points. We've got a game in hand. We are fighting to be the best part time side in Scotland. And like there is a there's a good chance that we can do it, that we can battle Hearts and Hibs all the way and there's nothing to stop us because we've had such a great start of the season with a bunch of wins. So what, what have your thoughts of the season been so far? Yeah, as you said, that's the aim to be kind of the best part-time team in the country. We managed it last year, finished in that kind of top six just behind the behind Hearts and Hibs and I think the way this season is going, it's looking very similar to last season. You've obviously got your top three in Rangers, Celtic and Glasgow City and then just below that, Hearts and Hibs have put a lot, a lot of money into it to try and kind of ca- catch up with them. But we're still on their, their heels. We beat Hibs a few weeks ago, so uh, we're still on the heels of them. And then we've also got teams round about us as well that are looking to kind of finish in that sixth position as well. But that, that, that's the aim. I think uh, Brian's very open and honest in terms of the aims for the team. Uh, we, we're, we're never going to sit and say we're going to look and try and win the league. It's... Like the get the golf is there, and you're kind of it's plain to see in a, in a lot of ways. But there's no reason why, as a few weeks ago, shows show that we beat Hibs that we can't kind of compete with Hearts and Hibs and try and maybe push up a wee bit from sixth and look to finish fifth or fourth. And uh, I think that's got to be the aim. The start of the season has been very good. One wee blip against Spartans, I think. But other than that, you kind of the, the games you you kind of pinpoint as the ones where you look to take the three points we have done and you can't really do much more than that. No, absolutely. And and that Spartans game, I mean, that was a, a primo championship game of horrendous weather, not really much football on display, just a really attritional game that we were on the other end of. And I mean, like, Thistle's men's team have that all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's 
part and parcel of Scottish football and it's been really encouraging the way that we've faced up against like Celtic and Glasgow City and Rangers. I think we've played all of them now, except Aberdeen. Yep. We've not played Aberdeen. And um I mean against Celtic last week, I think we lost three 0 but it was one 0 at half time. Like these t- like Celtic have some utterly ridiculous not like forty plus goal difference at the moment. Like they're absolutely okay. destroying teams just now and you know, they couldn't do it to us. Same with Glasgow City when we played them, it was tight. And that full-time status is maybe showing a little bit for Glasgow City and Celtic Rangers. It, it's they have that extra gear that, that that we don't, and because of their circumstances. But the gap's not that huge. It's not. I mean, I remember a year or two ago when it was like eight 0 Glasgow City and stuff like that, and like you're you're not getting those sort of results anymore. Um, and it's really really inspiring to watch. The thing for me with the team as well is that. I loved last year's team. Uh, they were a, a, a very bruising side. They were the side that everyone was feared to play. You knew about it when you played them and stuff like that. But this year, there's been less of an emphasis on that and, and playing football a wee bit more. And I really like it. Like there's been no drop off in quality. Like the, the players are like, I mean, you know, Kim Murphy left and stuff like that. Like, and you know, had one or two players injured and things like that. But there's not been a drop off. The replacements we've had have been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, as you said, uh, there was a lot of good football in the team, and it, and I think the, the team's got a bit of everything. They kind of go toe to toe with you, and kind of they, they work extremely hard. It's it's a team that they always fight for the badge and fight for each other, and but they'll play football as well, and it, it, it's good to watch. You go along and watch a game, and you, you get good football and uh, good skill, and but at the same time, you know it's a team that's going out there and fighting for each other, and. Uh, not afraid to put the, afraid to put the boot in when they, they need to, so uh, it's, it's a really good watch and uh, and enjoyable team to, to to watch both kind of just football wise and kind of personality wise. There's a lot of likable characters within the team, and uh, that just makes it a, a team that you you want to root for. And I think it is a, it's a team that's very easy to root for and support. Hopefully, when we go to Farhill on Sunday the fifth, I mean Hamilton Aki's is an eminently winnable game. I went to the Hamilton Aki's game away um, at the start of the season at New Douglas Park, and uh, we won fairly comfortably. Hamilton made it a bit difficult at the start, but once we kind of found our groove, again there seems to be that sort of chasm of full-time teams, then sort of big part-time teams, and then sort of the lower end of teams that are maybe struggling a little bit. And I think that, again, much like how Glasgow City and Celtic Rangers have maybe got that little bit over us, we we seem to have that edge over a lot of the sort of teams in the bottom half of the of the table. And I'm excited to see it. It would be great to get a win at Firhill. Um, what are the players thinking about playing at Firhill? Have there been any sort of reactions? Who is the most excited? Yeah, I, 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 I think they're all very excited. We had a training session there a few weeks ago. Uh, Van Graham was doing his A-licence, so needed the full pitch to uh, to do his assessment. So uh, they got to train at Firhill. I think they really enjoyed the experience there. and So I think they're excited to go. I, I don't think they're very excited about the big pitch. Uh, I think that's a bit of a... But I, to be, that, in that training session, they were great. So uh, I think they can go out there and really kind of put on a show for the fans. And I, I think just going out there and... That, that's the thing. As, as a club, we want to make it special for them as well because... The thing is, it's going to be a special occasion for them, and we want to make it a special occasion for the fans. 
Uh, we want as many of them to come along as possible, but it's it's about kind of showing not just one club, but kind of giving kind of young girls and boys kind of the opportunity that they believe that they can grow up no matter if you're a male or female, that you can grow up and go out and play in the pitch that you watch your heroes play on. And I, th- I think it's good to show kind of show them that as well. And I think the girls are kind of quite excited to kind of we go out there and, and inspire kind of the next generation as such, as cliche as it sounds, but I think they're excited to go out there and kind of put on a show for for everybody. Absolutely, no, I, I I totally agree, and I think that it's one of those things. Where I think that they will they will rise their game up a bit. It will be interesting to see them playing on the full pitch because obviously they are used to the artificial pitches, and you know Peter's Hill is obviously a, a good bit smaller than that. But it will be interesting to see how they do it, and it will be a really exciting game. I believe there's hospitality packages going as well. Yes, so it's going to be free entry, as you said earlier on, free entry to all. Tickets are on sale online. We're trying to kind of get a, a kind of get tickets on uh, kind of sent out and bought before bought as such. So you can go online and secure your ticket. You'll get it emailed to you. Uh, there will be kind of donation buckets on the day, just in case anybody wants to donate a wee bit. But uh, it's more about getting people along and kind of growing the team, growing the support, and uh, not only getting them along then, but we're at home the week after uh, back at Pierce Hill against. Um, when chosen the quarterfinal of the cup, so a massive occasion then as well. Hopefully, get as many along there. Uh, after that, as possible, kids are always free at Peter's Hill, uh, so the kids can come along and uh, at the, the week after as well. But yeah, hospitality is on sale. It's a uh, one course uh, with a free drink uh, and the warmth, and you get a nice padded seat and some half-time snacks. And the players will be up after for some to do appearance and sign some autographs and. And uh, just chat away, so uh, that's thirty-five pounds. So great value if you want to come along to that and uh, really kind of make a special day of it. Yeah, um, you can't beat the paddy seats at Far Hill. Uh, absolutely fantastic place to sit and watch it because um, it, they're, they're very comfortable. But know that um, I know that the hospitality, you know, at Far Hill has been brilliant for the last couple of years. I know this year. There's been like the bands are one, and even like you know, done after Dundee United and Saturday, like it's always been really good fun. So I definitely encourage people to go out, and it's a, it's a good way to be able to get to hospitality at a sort of cut price, and hopefully it means that you know people go along and enjoy themselves and maybe do it again for the men's game or if you no, know, we're back at Farhill with the women's team down the line. One thing I'm going to be very upset about though is. Um, the the Peter's Hill snack van that's been a revelation um this in last season um I, I will be sorely missed at the women's game I mean we love pie sports we all do but um I'm I'm a big fan of the the Peter's Hill food yeah I've, I've, um, heard, I've heard very good things I've, I've not I'd run about too much of them actually to I've tried it yet but uh, I've heard very good things so I need to make some point and make myself tired and get myself some of the the chips and whatever they put on it, the chicken and everything yeah. else. Yeah, I mean, you never know. You might be able to get the salt and chili chicken curry pie that's rocking and rocking the stands at Far Hill. To be fair, so a, a decent replacement in all fairness. Um, yeah, no, I've, tried, I've tried that one; it's very nice. Yeah, I mean, you can smell it from Peter's Hill. To be fair, um, so uh, yeah, no, that that'll be good. But um, any anything else you want to mention at all? Uh, no, just please, please come along. Free tickets are available online. The link will be 
on our social media. Hopefully everybody's seen it right now. Uh, we've got a nice wee video that went out to uh, for the launch. So uh, hopefully everybody's seen the ticket link and got on and got theirs. If you are part of a, a club or a team or a school and want tickets for your uh, for your school class or your football team or whatever, uh, please just get in touch. Uh, I'll just give you my email address, media at ptwfc.co.uk. Uh, just email in and we'll sort you out with a batch of tickets for your, your school or your club or what, whatever and make sure uh, you can all come along and enjoy the day. Magic. And yeah, and what what a day it will be to be able to say that you saw Brian Graham's first ever game in the dugout at Fur Hill. So, you know, get along. History. Exactly. So, you know, in 10, 15 years, you know, you never know. It, it could be you'd be like, ah, you know, being in the Woody or in Munns going, ah, I was there. His first game at Fur Hill in the dugout, I remember it. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be great. And yeah, hopefully we get a win. But thanks again, Craig, for coming on. Yes. Just to say that the Jags Foundation shop, online shop, it officially opened uh, today, which is a Monday. And that means all pins and other merchandise, etc., should be easier and uh, more accessible for ordering. And that is a really exciting thing. Also, we have got the Jags Foundation Meet the Manager night coming up the date has escaped me i will double check but um that should be a really good event for all i think it's in november it's the 13th i believe i think it's the 13th yeah yeah oh it's it's a monday isn't it yeah yeah so um but that should be a really good event i've really enjoyed meet the manager events in the past so I um, would really recommend for um, people to sign up and get along and to, if you are keen and are a member of the Jazz Foundation, just to get in touch with us so your name is on the list, which I will tick off. Excellent. See for the secret announcement. I've seen a few people put a couple of good guesses in for it. Hmm. We're S- not telling S- you where that is. We're S- not S- telling Sister you where that is. No, Sister Pod. I know, I know. You know, this, this is shambolic, by the way. 
Well, Jamie, what's this? What's this chain of command, Matt? Well, maybe. <laughs> Maybe if I was you, I wouldn't slag off the, the permanent host of the podcast when he is not on the show. And maybe you would be privy to this sort of information. Matt, Matt, Matt is turning this into a pyramid scheme. Draws a draw. It's, not, it's a flat team structure with you underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is shocking. I'm going to announce my resignation if this, this keeps up. Right. Oh, I, I, I didn't think that Wes would be the McDonald with the second worst performance <laughs> in Thistle this week, but here we are. Um, right, I imagine that's all getting cut. Heather's mentioned the pins there, which takes no, no, leave, leave it in. Leave it in. Let, let <laughs> okay. see the real Matt. I'm sure David can work a nice intro of Jamie taking a slagging. Um, Heather's mentioned yeah, pins yeah. there. Heather's mentioned pins there, which brings me to the first listener question of the episode. Stuart Goldie has asked who we would... He's also asked who do we think the pin is. Um, the, I imagine the pin will be out by the time this episode's out. So I'll ask you a second question. Who would you like a pin of in future? Uh, Heather, I imagine you have some some sort of input into this. So I'll, I'll leave you out of it and I'll come to David and Jamie yeah. on, on this one. because uh, I know all the rest of the... Yeah. <laughs> David, who would you like a, a pin of and why is it Bryson Twamby? <laughs> well, I was going to say we we I think we've discussed this mainly when we've been pitching the pub before, but we've always discussed the idea of doing like a drawers or draw pins, but it's all like Bryson Tamboy and Jack Storer punching a bin and stuff like that. Um, that's the ones that I want to do. However, I think my favourite Thistle anecdote um, is definitely got to be I'd have a pin of um, remember when we nearly played a. Uh, PT they took in in goals against Rangers because he'd registered as a goalkeeper in a charity auction and then the SPL said we had to play him and then ended up three days before actually being allowed to sign another goalkeeper I'd probably have him with goalie gloves and uh, I think that's just my favourite story Jamie? <laughs> is that actually true? It is indeed, yeah. Um, remember we done that thing where you could like do the auction and you could all like get three people like Craig Walker, one of them. Well, uh, Chester's... When, when was that? Uh, was it 2017-18? Yeah, I think it was 2017-18. It was like prime, like like relegation years. Um, I do not remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that, but, that's probably it, not. But um, yeah, he basically, they asked him what position they all played and then didn't realise that uh, Chester Sosinski had said uh, goalkeeper. And then the SPL tournament got, you've got a goalkeeper in the book. Jamie, any pins you'd like to see? David Mitchell. Cool. And we'll finish this week's episode with Partridge Thistle. It's going to be a double Partridge Thistle this week since we've been off for a while. David, myself and and you and your wife were in, were in Spain for the Scotland game. You went on to France while you were in Spain. You flicked onto Real Madrid TV, who were showing RoboCop 2 during some dead time. So my question is, if Partridge, if Partridge, if Partick Thistle TV existed, what would you show on this channel during midweek when there's no football on? David, I'll come to you first on this one. Um, I mean, I'll go Route 1, Simpsons 1 to 11. Um, actually, my other choice was going to be um, Arnold Schwarzenegger films like Commando. And then when we were actually at the Scotland game, the film that was in Real Madrid TV that night was actually Commando. So um, they've already beat me to that one. So I say Simpsons 1 to 11. Jamie? Uh, I was thinking like a, some sort of show dissecting all the transfers and goings on of the players who we signed in. Never really played like your Mitchell Austin's Banton, Antonio German, that sort of thing. And when it gets to the seasonal time of year, you just stick on like those terrible Christmas movies that are on like Christmas 24, those kind of channels, those Canadian ones and stuff. Just have them on, keep the people nice and festive. 
So when you say that you would you would play something that just talks about all the rubbish transfers, just basically just televised draw, lose or draw, then that's what you'd put on. If if we are put on in the dead hours, then I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take more broadcasting. <laughs> Heather, I would go for something like Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, but make it West End Glasgow specific, and maybe even like include some of the pubs like around our local area. Um, I really I when I was in Prague um, we didn't have like we couldn't watch anything on TV because like Netflix and Amazon Prime and stuff weren't working because we were abroad so we had to watch like, like when we wanted to watch anything like we had to watch like things that were on YouTube and the only options we could find were either H2O Adwater which actually is fantastic but I don't think there'll be many fans here or Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares and we loved it and like we did the whole thing where you like look up and see if the place is still running and whatever so that would be my choice i'm a big kitchen nightmares fan although the the gordon ramsay clip doing the rounds the now of him on jake humphrey's podcast is is one of the worst things i've ever seen uh i, I have a Why couple answers oh I'll, I'll send you later heather it's not good um i have a couple answers for this first of all i would like to give advice to to anyone who's going to go to a Scotland game in the future or go to one of Thistle's games in the Europa Conference campaign in a couple of years, do not travel on, on match day. That, that was the worst mistake I've ever made. I had to get up at half two in the morning. felt absolutely horrific at about six o'clock in a, in a square full of Scotland supporters. Which should, have had a, should have been a great time. had a great time at the match. had a great time in Spain. Did not have a great pre-match. Don't do it. Um, I think we should play either Peep Show. Um, Jamie, you'd like that. David Mitchell in it. Um, well, David Mitchell, shout out for you, Jamie. Or, or the bill. I think the bill is is classic. You cannot go wrong with the bill. I think it was it was it G O L D used to just play the bill for like three hours every morning. It was what a time to be alive. I think we should pick pick the rights to the bill up. I I agree. My uh, during lockdown, my wife watched like all of the bill like on on UK TV play. Just every working at home every day, she stick on the bill. And it is fantastic TV. I absolutely love it. Absolutely. Sign it up. Yep. And final part is this. So what is the pettiest thing you've ever done? We might have asked this before, but I'm asking it again. What is the pettiest thing you've ever done? Heather, you've told me you've got an array of, of finances to this one. So I'll leave you to last. Jamie, I'll start with you on this one. You don't strike me as the petty type, Jamie, but, you know, I might be wrong. Can't tell that sarcastic. <laughs> well, that, that was genuine. That was sincere. Oh, I appreciate it, Matt. Building bridges. But um, the, I don't know, I've never done, I can't think of like something that's outright petty, but I can think of like stupid things I've done. Like, I remember my family, like my gran and stuff are massive Scrabble fans. They, they love a game of Scrabble. When I was younger, I was like terrible at it, but I always played with them. The family seemed to take it, some members take it too seriously. So I remember when I was lo- losing, I'd be like really petty and deliberately waste all the good squares at the triple words with like terrible words. They were like really low scoring. Just, just you could say that's a tactical masterclass, to be fair, because you're stopping the, you're stopping other people getting good scores, but you're basically ruining the game for everybody just because you're bad at it. The Jose Mourinho of the squ- the Scrabble world is the episode title for you, David. David, what's the pettiest thing you've ever done? Um, well, it's interesting that you bring this up today. I believe you said that you have a new broadband provider today. Is that right? That is correct. As, uh, yeah. How how was your experience cancelling with your old broadband provider? Not good. No, it wasn't. Of course not. I do you know what I used to do? I used to be the guy that used to cancel your broadband for you, and um, 
I was very petty, very, very petty. Now, the key, I'm going to let people in on the secret. See if you want to get a good price on your broadband and stuff like that and get lots of discounts. Be nice. Talk, ask the guy how his day is going. Make him laugh or her laugh. And they will they will go to the ends of the earth to help you out if you are nice. It is a grueling job that everyone hates. I, I hated it. It's a grueling job. But I, I enjoyed the cut and thrust of it. I enjoyed the, the, the bitterness. Um, so I used to... If you ever phoned me in about the four years that I um, was in, in these companies, um, we have a button where we can turn your internet off, like actually just completely turn off, or your television. And if you phoned up to cancel and you were a dick, I, what I used to do is I would put you on hold, but I'd put you on mute so I could still hear you, but you couldn't hear me. And then I'd turn the internet off and sit and listen as their internet disappeared and they panic and go, he's fucking turned it off. He's turned it off. I'm phoning Sky. Get Sky on the phone now. And they would panic and go, what are we going to do with the internet? And sit there for a couple of minutes, just watch them absolutely panicking and then come back and go, hi there, that's your internet all sorted now. That's that all cancelled for you. And then they get really angry and then go, oh no, it just resets when we're cancelling it off. It should be back on now. And literally every time I finish a sentence, it come back on. And um, yeah, incredibly petty. Just turn your t- TV and internet off. Don't, don't fuck with people who who work in call centres for your TV and broadband because we have immense power and can make your life a living hell. Um, so don't do it. You're a bad man. Actually saying that, um, I, I never done this. However, there used to be, there was a guy who was abusive to somebody because I think he was a Chelsea fan. And basically his TV didn't work during a big Chelsea game. And it got to a point where like somebody in the call centre um, looked up Chelsea's fixtures and put them on the TV next to where they were at every work game. And whenever Chelsea got a penalty, he'd go in and turn his TV off um, just so he missed it, just because he was a dick kid. So again, don't don't mess with people in call centres. We we will make your life a living hell. Gosh, Heather, I don't think I'm got... that. I don't. I think I'm. I don't think I can beat David. I don't think I want to beat David. To be oh, honest. Oh. You really don't. You really don't. I think I was pretty petty on Saturday. Like I, on BBC Scotland, congratulated Kevin Holt on being able to uh, take penalties again after missing the one in Dingwall. I looked up petty on my phone to see, and I've, I mean, it seems to be used a lot in, in my vocabulary or my friend's vocabulary. There was one that I did quite enjoy, which I looked up, which was um, my friend and her boyfriend broke up. And they both went for the profile photo change. And we were very petty, like literally like phoned around all the friends to make sure that she won the breakup photo. Like remember when likes on Facebook were the biggest deal ever. So like I feel that's quite petty, just making sure that he that he didn't that he didn't win the 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 likes. But uh no, I think hearing David's story that's put me off being petty to be honest. <laughs> Well, we will leave it there for this week. We will be back on Tuesday with our fourth Halloween spectacular and then we'll be back later on in the week to look back on the two games against Queen's Park and Air and preview everybody's favourite away day to our growth. In the meantime, stay safe.